Hey, we're live. It's 8.15 on a Thursday morning in Phoenix, Arizona. You're listening to Buddy's Owner, Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And I'm excited this morning. Are you pumped? Are you ready for, I think I'm going to call this one the Word of Life. Yeah, yeah. Um, Of course, you know, we'll probably drift into quite a few other things because that's the brand of this particular podcast. It's walking the dog. So uh, I do have some show notes. So that might encourage you early on that there might be some semblance of structure to this podcast. I can't guarantee that we'll get there. But just as a premonition or the, the, the word of life is from my reading this morning. So I've been, uh, I'm kind of excited because I'm getting close to this book finishing. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, I, I think it's better than, it's got to be better than the first draft I did. Right. And I think it's got the great, I got the great intention now. That's why do I want to write this book? You know, it, is it? Just a rant? No, it can't be just a rant. So the book is about transformation. And um, yeah, I'm becoming convinced that that's what uh, I'm here to do, to talk about. And I can cleverly, I've twisted it, I'm spinning it, I'm being clever with words to say we've had... 500 years of reformation and it's time now to stop the reformation it's time to go to transformation kind of a clever little twist that works with these particular english words because it may not work with german words or french words <laughs> being the word snob that i fantasize that i am and you know what Gaussian it, man. Gaussian distribution. I'm not the most ultimate, penultimate, whatever that word is, wordsmith snob, but I'm out there. I'm out there on the curve, man. I'm above average on word snobbery. So, yeah, what do we got here this morning? 47 degrees. I got layered up. I got a t-shirt on. I got a sweater and a sweatshirt. The California bear on there, man. California, Republic of California, some kind of thing. And just saying the word California in your mind already stirs up all kinds of things. Who knows? I can't, I don't know what's your in your brain, but just saying the word California. <laughs> it does something in your head. Your brain's already going because your brain's working fast. Our brains work fast, man. So just say, say California, something popped in your head like beach, uh, crazy Hollywood people. Or it might have been like, oh, geniuses in Silicon Valley. Yeah, Google, eBay. Oh, the people in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah, they're the smart guys, right? Or it might be, oh, I love Sonoma Valley, Napa Valley, right? So, yeah, just saying the word California could be Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. Woohoo! 
you know. So as a speaker, I'm talking to you. I'm saying words, and I don't know where your brain's going to be at. And it's like, that's okay. I'll just let it go, man. Let your brain go. This is your time, man. It's your time to think about walking a dog. <laughs> right, bud? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're trapped in an apartment somewhere, you just can't get out. And the thought of having a dog is just like, oh, man. Just, you just never be able to have a dog. And that's okay. I got one for you. You can live vicariously through me. So funny experience yesterday, or the day, I think it was yesterday. Listening to a podcast of someone I have high regard for. And she was talking about writing a book. Of course, that's kind of my tribe or what I'm in right now. And she was talking about uh, some, like, I don't know, it sounded like some kind of like internal debate about whether, you know, a discussion between an author and, a, and, a, and an author, writer, a coach type thing. And the person's doing some fiction writing. And they're like, well, should I, should I include this story about um, the character walking his dog at five o'clock in the evening? And... And that triggered in my head, right? Because I'm like, I know she knows who I am, right? And I'm like, is this a, is this an insult? Like, am I am I supposed to be like offended? Like, walking my dog and doing a podcast or whatever is just like crazy, and and uh, that maybe maybe I'm maybe she just thinks I'm a whack job, which you know, there's a distribution of whack jobs out there, and I'm probably out on the above average. That's for sure. But then there's probably like benevolent whack jobs. So you take all the whack jobs above average and then make a new distribution curve and you go like, well, these are the evil whack jobs. And these are the real benevolent whack jobs that they have great intentions and they actually add value to your world. So we're just adding some value to your, your 30, 40 minutes of experience, some downtime for you. Maybe you're just taking a trip, going in a car, changing the oil. That's one of my old favorite ones, standbys. I haven't done that in a while. Use Mobile One, people. That's synthetic motor oil. You don't have to change the oil every 3,000 miles. You can push it to 12,000, 15,000 miles. It's synthetic. It's Mobile One, you know? So you, you, uh, you may pay, you can go, you can find mobile one for like, let's say five bucks a quart, which is at least twice as much as the other. But then you do the math and you go like, okay, well, I'm going to put mobile one in my car and I'm going to change the oil every 12,000, 15,000 miles instead of every three, right? So it's like four times less frequency. So it's actually like paying half price for oil, right? That's the that's how you do a value proposition analysis. The features of the mobile one are that it's five bucks a quart. Well, that sucks. I can buy this other oil for two and a half. 
But if you go, well, what's the value of the $5 cord of Mobile One? Well, it's four times as long. So that's like a buck 25. Buck 25, buck 25. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, there you go. So you're actually buying a $5 quart of oil, but the value is at least a buck 25. Then you think, then you consider the effort. So if you change the oil four times, it takes you an hour each. That's four hours. Morning. Hey, buddy. Buddy, do I have to pick you up, man? Hi. I don't know why he's barking. I don't know why my dog's barking so much. Do they have? Do they send secret signals to each other? <laughs> Your dog looks nice and calm. Oh, he's learning to be. A long journey for him. All right. Mine, let's see, like if we look right now, my dog looks more hyper than your dog. <laughs> well, maybe if they, yeah, well, um, yeah, someday maybe we'll let them talk to each other or something. Have a good walk. <laughs> Value. There you go. So that is talking to strangers. Come on, bud. That was a talking to strangers. I hadn't seen that dog before. It's a new dog. Bud gets all excited. Shout out to Carrie Phipps in Dubbo. Dubbo, Australia. We love Dubbo. I really don't know what it's like there, but I know Carrie Phipps. Shout out. She's getting all this free promo from uh, Buddy's owners, Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And I bet you she thinks this is fantastic if she only knew. <laughs> should probably send her this episode so you can say, what the hell is Michael doing? <laughs> I'm talking to strangers, Carrie. Seven billion of them. I'm talking to strangers. Do you talk to strangers? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, I'm doing it. I'm following your, your concept. Do you talk to strangers? So the other dog was like, Buds was like all over, like like wanting to bark at him. And the other dog looked real calm, but the owner pulled the uh, dog aside, and so I had to pick up Bud. So another good reason to have a 22-pound dog like Bud is you can just pick him up and cuddle him because he was disturbed by something. I don't know what he was disturbed by because the other dog looked quite content. But apparently the owner knew better. So the, the dogs probably got Wi-Fi and jamming buddy signals. Buddy's Wi-Fi signals were getting jammed. Even though the dog looked outwardly, the outward appearance of the other dog was one of serenity and calmness. But maybe the dog Wi-Fi that we call that D instead of 5G on the 5G network. It's the DG network, the dog generation network. Did you know what the G and 5G is? We talked about, well, 4G, 5G, 4G, 5G. <laughs> and 
apparently it, it was 3G, 3G, now it's 4G. And we all talk about these terms like we know what they mean. And I, I worked in electronics for a year and I'm like, 5G is coming out, 5G, 5G wireless, man. So the G is just generation. So fit, and so it might be frequencies, like higher frequency capability, speed. With higher frequencies, you get speed, you know? So now I would, you're gonna be inundated. I can guarantee you today, you will hear someone say 5G. If you watch any TV, or you see an ad on the internet, if you're sitting in front of a computer, there'll be some ads, 5G, 5G, oh yeah. 5G, oh yeah, 5G, 5G. And it's like, why, why are we accepting this language? I mean, do we really know what it is? I don't know exactly what 5G is, but it has something to do with electronics and this amazing technology. So are we gonna get to the 6G ever? I don't know, I haven't heard anyone talk about 6G yet. But I'm talking about the six sola. How about that? There's a tie-in. We got it. We've had five solas for 500 years. Now it's time for the six sola. Sola spiritu ambulatio. So, anyways, I at least I got. I I was like paranoid. I, I'm like quickly quickly paranoid about the comment about. Not, you know, maybe you shouldn't include in your book the character walking his dog at five o'clock at night. And I paranoid personified that statement into, Wait, are you talking about me? <laughs> are you talking about me? I, I mean, I do the two times a day walk with the dog. You know, I'm doing it. And I guess apparently in Colorado, that's the thing. You know, so the, the, uh, the person in Colorado is like, yeah, no, it's not about you, man. Not everything, not everything, not every spoken word that comes out of 7 billion people's mouth is about me. I don't know. I, I can, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that you saw the subtle dry salami, pfeffer salami humor in that. And, uh, yeah, here we are, giving it away all for free. I'm giving it all away for free. All the content, all the deep thoughts for those thousand people on the planet, maybe 10,000 people on the planet out of 7 billion. I think you're out there, 10,000 people, you're out there. And what do we do with this deepness that we sort of have a yearning for? Well, we're out on the curve, folks. We're way out on the curve. We're by ourselves. We see things can be done better. And it's really tough to convince other people. And I was just reading the classic book called Influence by Robert. And I really have a hard time pronouncing his name. I probably should practice it. And he's like world famous. And he's right here in Arizona. And even my 92-year-old mother at the time, two years ago, said, oh, you gotta, uh, you gotta go see this uh, professor, Robert Ciardini, Ciardini, whatever. So I went to see him, you know, and, and a bunch of old people again over at this 
friendship village type location. And he talked about his new book called Presuasion. Presuasion. Okay, so that's like his follow-up book. Because he's going deep, man. He likes to go deep. <laughs> so, deep on persuasion. So consistency and commitment are like the first weapon he talks about of persuasion. And I read the book a couple years ago, but I'm reading it again. And here's a shout out to people. Sometimes it's good to go revisit books that you that were influential. The second time through might, might pop even more information. So influence, if you haven't read influence, or I've mentioned before, man's search for meaning. Um, that one's a bit, that one triggers me a little bit in my historic interest category and going deep into the amazing crap that took place in what country what what country would that be oh yeah yeah surprise germany <laughs> for you regular listeners you probably knew that was coming so um influence commitment and it talks about uh, once you decide on something, there's like a commitment to decisions already made, and it also gets into the brain. So it's even this is all this stuff kind of mixes together, like a story brand. A story brand guys, like you got to have a clear message because people's people don't, don't want to conserve their brain power, and that kind of fits in with this consistency thing. So like once you decide something, it's like you may get challenged to like change your uh, views on something, but it takes effort then you're kind of like, well, I kind of made a decision this way. Like I, I made a decision to join this church, you know? So, you know, it's not that bad, you know, I've made a decision. And so, so it's a commitment to, uh, consistency, you know? So that's why I'm not a big fan of like church hopping and, and, and uh, probably cause, because I've been, made a commitment to go and so i feel obligated to keep going but is there just because i made that decision doesn't mean things can change so i'm i'm actually this is a case where i can acknowledge that yeah commitment make a decision oh that sounds stupid people do all kinds of dumb things just because they previously made a decision and aren't willing to question their previous decisions now the the odd thing is is there's some things in your life that are easy to not fall into that trap. And then there's other areas of your life that you probably didn't have no, you know, you have no problem staying out of that trap of being committed to a previous decision. So I don't know, let me make sure I finish the Colorado dog walking thing. So I'm a dog walker and just because I have Bud and Bud's cool. Bud has started, and the real reason is that I've walked him so much is that he won't poop in my yard if I take him for a walk. And your brain probably went to like, well, he's going to poop somewhere. So what, you, th you think he's just poop, poop out on the street? And I'm like, well... Maybe they sell these little bags, which I, coincidentally, the timing is just brought perfect. 
just tell your friends that you listen to a podcast where a guy walks his dog, his dog poops, and you can hear the bag opening up and as he reaches over to pick up the poop. Now, I don't, I've probably done this on the podcast every time, but I usually don't talk about it. I just do it. <laughs> but today I'm explaining why I walk my dog because Bud will poop while we're walking. The dog walking industry has created bags and these little hooks that you can put on your leash to take your bags with you. So I'm just kind of going with the, uh, the dog industry flow. And it's kind of nice because we walk Bud. So if you have a dog and you don't walk him, he's probably pooping in your yard because you're not taking him out. And is it better? I mean, it's not technically, it's not better to have poop in your yard. And I'm supposed these people that I walk by their house and I've had a few encounters, but since I'm six, five, I usually probably don't get as many, as many encounters of if I was five foot six, if I was five foot six walking Bud and he was crapping on someone's stones, even though I'm picking them up, people will get mad at me. I'm like, well, I'm picking it up, dude. I got a bag. Yeah. And then, and if you don't own a dog, you'd be like, well, just let him crap in your yard. <laughs> So there you go. The truth be told on dog walkers. We just, hopefully your dog, any dog walker you have, make sure they carry bags with them. You know, have some good dog walking etiquette here. So that was bonus material for you in your dog walking um, community. Here comes the giant schnauzers. I don't know if we'll, we'll see them or not. Should we go home, bud? I mean, we should, what do you want to do? You want to go home? Let's see, it looks like he's... We're going to skip the the giant schnauzers today. I wave to him, though. Can't, you can't really see that on the podcast, but he's got the giant schnauzers going. So the word of life. Yeah, the word of life. So I'm in. Now we're getting deep into the, the show notes. We're just getting started now. That was the introduction. <laughs> Raise a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, I'm reading First John. Okay. So I, I'm, I've been doing this pattern, this, this system, this reading um, to deepen or whatever my own convictions, let's say, or just starting fresh in some ways. And just saying, what is this all? What does all this say? What's the big? What's the forest? What's the big message? So I've come, and I started out thinking that this okay, Paul's got to be an important dude. So I dove into him, and then I expanded to Peter and John, James, Jude. Yesterday, Jude was a really good read. Uh, one chapter. I'm not going to do an NT right on Jude and like create four hours of content for something that was, you could read in like five minutes. So that's like my, one of my new criteria is to say like, well, if I can read Jude in five minutes and uh, kind of think about it for 15, do I want to read N.T. Wright's analysis and hyper analysis 
of a five minute read that he probably put in a hundred hours in to write three hours worth of analysis about that. Right? So I love NT Wright. It's fine. I'm just pointing out an observation, which I think is significant. It is to me. Because I like, I'm just going to read Jude. I spent probably 15, 20 minutes reading through it going, oh, aha. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah. But if I read N.T. Wright's like three hour dissertation on it, I'd be confused with like, well, Josephus said this and this is why this and this is the dude here. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you know, isn't the message like this? These are the scriptures that tell us about God and and the story and, and what happened and how we might possibly live our lives, right? So isn't it all there? Don't we say it's all there, man? It's all there. It's inspired word of God. So read it. And if you read 15, you know, read it in five, look at it, go a little deeper on Jude. Think about it, then you're like, okay, I did it in 30 minutes. Okay, so hi, back to John, word of life. So John is, just turns out that John is the last seven chapters of my reading. So I'm coming up, I got one more week to finish off this cycle, or cyclus in German, the old Bach cyclus. And so I do my 152 chapters. And the last seven are with John. And I'm like, well, that's kind of poetic. I've come to appreciate John in a big way. One, because I think he's hilarious. When he, at the very, very beginning, the first chapter, and I backed it up to John 20, but 21 is, John's like, oh, I, I could writ written so many stories about Jesus. I, I could have, I could have just, there's just not enough books that could be written about everything that Jesus had said or has done. You just couldn't fill out the books. You know? But the last story told was Woody Whiffle, which is... Hey, bud. Got some guys doing some gardening out here in Bud's Marconetta. The leaf blower dudes. So John starts out the cyclist, the series with probably the most essential thing, which is Witty Whiffham. What is that to you? You call me the comparison. Morning. And uh, that's the beginning. And poetically, I end with First John, five chapters. Then 2 John, one chapter, and 3 John, one chapter. So we'll see what old John has to say, but he's the beloved disciple and poking fun at Peter. As I like to say, he's pranking Peter, pranking him. And I think someone said, you can't say that he's pranking him. And I'm like, why not? Because that's what it sure looks like to me. And uh, maybe that's why he waited till after Peter was dead to write it. <laughs> So timing matters, people. Look at when these things are written. 
Yeah. So I'm excited. This is the last week of this cycle. And I will start again when the day comes. And I will go back to John 20 and 21. And we'll go through it again because I need it to get the big picture. Because so many people are influencing us. And it's a cultural thing too because we have this input. You have tons of input every day. Just hundreds of messages, marketing, selling, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're all over the place. They're just like pulling you in so many directions. And then what's worse is in a religious dude, you're going in to sit down and you, you kind of assume that this PhD trained theologian is going to drop some wisdom on you that's going to like change your life. And you hear him say, and ironically, the message is like, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? So, but somehow within that message, the dude gets fired up. And I guess in a way, maybe that did change my life. Because he says, some of you are doing jack. For Jesus. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh, I can't believe somebody would say that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they, they can't. And not only can they say it, nobody says anything. They're just like, oh. I mean, I'm, I literally was like looking around going like, are you talking to me? And he probably was talking to me. Because he's looking at the outward appearance. And that's where we need the witty with them. We need John. We need John to prank the Peters. Because the Peters are all around you. Especially if you're Roman Catholic. You have one big Peter that gets promoted to your spokesman. That goes into the Holy of Holies in the Vatican. Wait a minute, wait, what? No, he doesn't go into the Holy Holies. No, that's that's Judaism. That's We got rid of the Judaism. Oh, no. oh wait, mate. could it be possible that man's weakness is to have someone as an intermediary? Is that not the story of the whole Old Testament? And couldn't we be, even in our good intentions of Christianity, and of course, but we don't realize because we've made a commitment. We've We've been persuaded that we now have it, the gospel. And we believe, so we've made a commitment. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stay committed to our our decision. So we can't leave now. We're in the bucket. We're in the crab bucket. And I'm saying, hey, okay, you're in the bucket. It's hard to get out of the bucket. I'm still trying to get out of the bucket. But you know what? There's just take. They're saying, oh, okay, the Bible is, stay in the bucket because we believe in the Bible, right? Morning, Doug. So stay in the bucket because we have the Bible. So, so grab that Bible and say, okay, let me read it myself, dude. I'm going to read it myself. I'm going to read it so much. 
so much. I'm going to read this thing. And it can't be just done in one setting. You got to let it marinate in your soul. So you just read it, read it, read it, and you gain confidence that what the message is is not to be running around looking at others and deciding that now those people over there, they are doing jack for Jesus and you don't want to be one of those people, do you? Yeah, that's the kind of influence technique that's often used in your community. Sometimes it's softer, like a dude might be like 55 years old or 60 and he's not as enthusiastic as the the young 35-year-old who's learning how to keep people in the bucket. The bucket of making sure that you do these 12 things. That's how you know that if you do these 12 things, then you're, then you're doing jack for Jesus. As long as you're doing at least one. Come on, do at least one. But I say, no, there's a 13th. There's a 13th thing. It's your calling. You have a 13th thing that is that that could be considered doing Jill for Jesus, right? So go do your Jill for Jesus because it's all about the word of life. It's only have the word of life observation is yeah. It's the word of life. And that's what John's talking about. And uh, in that word of life, now I gotta, I'm using my show notes now. I did a lot of diversion on persuasion and commitment, letting that sink in. But I got to the, the bottom, am I here yet? Uh, where was that word of life? Oh, gosh. Word of life. That's the what. The word of life. So he starts out first, John, with what we have seen. What, what, what? So, of course, in the language, the question is, well, what's the What? What is the what? What's the what that John's talking about? What we have seen, what we have heard, what was what was from the beginning concerning the word of life. Thus, the podcast title is the word of life, and that word is about God, who's in this condition, in the flesh, is called Jesus, right? And um, because of that, the what is the word of life. And then he goes on that the we proclaim the life was manifested and we have seen and testified and proclaim to you eternal life. Yeah, so the word of life is eternal life. And we got it. And there's no amount of jack that we can do or Jill that's going to change it. So why do we feel the need 
to influence others to do what we think is what we what someone else needs to do why is it something needs to change as in go solve some problem in the himalayas right why is something need to change instead of what's more biblical that says someone needs to change because the something needs to change is guess what folks it's just more reformation it's more we are going to set up an organization and we are going to have certain people that we will christen as the the ones that know because they agree that something needs to change you know we got to we got to do church better we got to have a better organization we got to separate from the roman catholics we have to create the united methodists we got to create the presbyterians we got to create the uh, baptists we got to create the northern baptists we got to create the non, the, the non-denominational church we got to we got to organize this way we got to we got to form the unchurching okay there's a whole there's another growing movement of unchurching which marketing wise sounds great right we're an unchurch right but that's marketing reformation it's more reforming come join us at the unchurch because we've got it figured out right so it's all something has to change we got to do it differently but i'm saying no 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 it's the transformation it's been there the whole time and we often get enamored with oh god you gotta bring revival bring revival to our country bring revival and and yet we can't it's been there the whole time it starts with you my friends you are the revival you are the revival through transformation you are that revival that's going to change the world and uh others have said that like oh yeah let's change the world one person at a time and it's a great concept and it's true but god does that we can't create a program we can't reform our organizations we can't come up with clever stuff we can't come up with books about something needs to change when really it's got to be someone needs to change and even as michael jackson says you know i'm starting with the man in the mirror like i like if i was gonna append a song here at this point and that's that's a pretty good song and did he mean it in a deeply spiritual change the world kind of way well maybe you know maybe michael jackson did and i can give him props for that give him props props who am i that's <laughs> pretty it's kind of it sounds kind of arrogant right i'm gonna oh i'm gonna give michael jackson props for man in the mirror song but th- what I'm saying is I, I do resonate or I, I pick up on words because I'm an outlier 
not not the most outlier the outliery of outliers. It's just who I am, and I'm like observing. I'm like, all right, Michael Jackson, man in the mirror. Got to start with me. That's where, that's where revival comes from, and you can do it right now. You just start with yourself. You got this. And then what's going to happen is, you may listen to this podcast and be pumped, like, wow, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to start with me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go use iTunes and Apple Music and listen or Spotify, and I'm going to go play. Man in the mirror, and I'm going to sing along with Michael Jackson. I'm going to be shouted out. I'm going to feel good, and my endorphins are going to go. And it's like, yeah. And you know that you can't listen to that song on repeat all day long. So, what's the answer? It's a daily system, it's a walking in the Holy Spirit, it's the sick solar, it's there the whole time. And every interaction you have, it's, it's, it's getting out of it. It's the mental prison we put ourselves in that of trying to judge others and correct them. We're on a journey, and they haven't figured it out yet. And it's much like being, quote, unquote, born again. And it's, is it being born again, again? Uh, you know, I don't want to go into all those complexities because those things are being beaten to death. But that's why I love Acts Nineteen two, the simple or the single most important question in matters relating to faith and growth and service even and doing all that you know if you want to if you want something needs to change you first have to say have I changed am I you know so I need to change right and it's like did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe because that's where the power is it sounds weird right. And I'm going to be, I'm owning it right now. I'm telling you, you know, all these guys that want to manipulate you. And I just wish I could have that conversation again where the guy drops on me, like, who are the, you know, what's your list of the five people that you're praying for that are furthest away from God or something. And it's a manipulation tactic. It's like he's asked, he can, he's entitled to ask the question. But I'm not obliged to answer. But you, you have to have a really strong spine to say, oh, well, I don't have five exactly, but I'll put you as number one as the person furthest from God. Because if you were that close to God, you wouldn't be manipulating me and trying to like pull a power play on me about, you know, like, oh, you have five, but I don't. So you're better than me. <laughs> But that's the kind of crap that goes on in these, you know, egocentric, I'm going to do Jill for Jesus more than you and you're doing Jack. You know, this kind of ego comparison world. And there's not, and he's not teaching about witty with him at all. He's like, no, he, he, he's Peter, man. He want, you know, he's going, Jesus, what about Michael, man? He doesn't have, he doesn't even have five people he's praying for. You know, and Jesus goes, winks at him and goes, no, that's because he's got everyone he's praying for. Every person he comes into contact, he wants to show the love of God to every person. So there is no list of five, right? So that and the other key, the single most important question, which I could have dropped on him. I wish I did. And maybe I'll do it in the future. It's like, oh, okay, before I answer that, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And then that'll be like, I'm sure the answer will be. I'm, I have to just ask it and not assume the answer, right? 
but I mean, isn't it likely that he's going to be confused and like be like be defensive? He's already trying to compare me to like what he thinks is doing Jill for Jesus, right? So, so I just ask him, like, dude, oh, okay, well, before I get to the five, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And, and it'll probably, like, his brain will probably explode, right? Like, well, who are you to ask me that? Like, well, maybe I'm just being an imitator of Paul, because that's what Paul asked people, especially people that are following Apollos, who was most recently just teaching accurately about Jesus. And I think, I'm sorry, Pastor, but I think you're more focused on teaching accurately about Jesus, and yet you miss his most important words, which is the time that we live in now, which is the time of the Holy Spirit. So there's my sermon for today, the word of life. And uh, the now what? You people are awesome. Whoever's listening to this, if you made it all the way to the 45 minutes, you're awesome. And you are loved by God. And there is a word of life and eternal life. And we will see one another forever. It's a, it's a framework, right? The eternal framework. So why not love one another? And even though others will continue to do the us and them, and it's frustrating, like us, we got it figured out. No, you're an idiot. Putting us in groups and camps. And no, we're all people, you know? And so the other song is you can do Michael Jackson. It's change yourself. And then you can go to Black Eyed Peas with one tribe, y'all. We're one tribe, y'all. So love everyone always, right? It's all fits together. It's all coming together. It's all clarified. Okay, so I need grace and mercy to continue. And peace will come along with that. So amen, folks. Go do your next thing in the presence of God Almighty, wherever you are. Amen.